Yeah, yeah. Hello, so, everyone. Yeah. Welcome to episode number nine um, of Talking to Unicorns. Today, I am talking to Julian, who is a advertising consultant, marketing consultant from Wellington. Julian, welcome. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. And it's good to see you again, Connor, and, and have a chat online. I mean, it's live. It's flesh to flesh, face to face, digital. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Like usually we catch up for a coffee and have these chats over a coffee, but I figured, you know, it's easier to record it and share um, some of your wisdom with the world this way. But can you give people like a little bit of an introduction as to who you are, what your background is, and what you do right yeah. now? Right now, well, it's interesting. Um, I grew up in the sort of the generation that entered into the big ad agencies. I mean, those were the jobs that were available to us at that time. It was, that's pre-video, so that's that's pretty amazing. So it was film, and I studied film in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, but being coming from a creative background, my father was a music composer, my mother was an actress. I was sort of sort of flung myself into that world quite naturally, anyway. I guess so. Yeah. So advertising was the commercial world where you could bring everything together and you still can, but in a much more limited degree, you could bring your writing skills, your visual skills and your conceptual skills all together in one industry. And it was just incredibly vibrant and it was full of people who got paid horribly well. And um, it was quite an extravagant way to live in the sort of creative zone, I guess. So I started um, working with Ogilvy and Mather. Mm -hmm. as a sort of a writer, art director, and then I just kept on going, stayed in the loop. And everybody, you know, those generations knew each other. So we made lots of ideas and that we just lived on ideas from anything as simple as, um, what was it? A, a, a tire ad in which I had a crocodile biting a, a tire. And there was, you could go insane with ideas and it was brilliant. And that was what, brought up that whole base that which also made New Zealand really famous with the Sati and Sati days. And I used to work for them, but I worked for them in Budapest yep. in Hungary when the company was just starting out. So of course we had large European clients. So that's it really. So I guess it's, it must be a generational thing. So where were we? Yeah, cool. So um, when, so basically you got your start working in some of the agencies um, some massive agencies as well. And I actually saw some of the projects that you uploaded to the Unicorn Factory. Um, you've worked with like huge clients yeah. all over yeah. the world. What was, that, what was that like working in the creative industry where you're dealing with or where you're working with brands that are massive on a global scale? Yeah, they are absolutely bloody gigantic. And I think that we just took that for granted. That's mm -hmm. what our clients were. That's completely normal. So it was a drink bottle. It was called Pepsi and it has different sub brands. So it was Tesco, which is a shop, but it's just a rather large shop. And we opened up 11 of them in Central Europe, 11 super hypermarkets. You could park a jumbo jet in each one of them. Mm -hmm. Just crazily big places. And then we did um, Shell, opened up new shops because retail sells more than, than petrol. Yep. Um, British American tobacco, lots of ads for cigarettes, cause, uh, that, and that was kind of fun. That was kind of cool. Yep. Cigarette, you, the cigarette smoking culture was awesome when it existed because it brought people together in a social way that they could communicate. There was always a, 
an excuse to say, oh, you know, can I bludge a fag yeah. or have a ciggy or something, you know, so you could have a chat. And we didn't sort of think about the health aspects in that generation. So British American te Tobacco, Tesco, Pepsi, Shell, Mercedes, Volkswagen, Skoda, Procter & Gamble, which is mm -hmm. the big industrial giant, which is as awful as it always was, you know, just mm -hmm. these are big giant chemical giants. And I yep. think what's happening now is that you, you, what I do, and anybody, all my old colleagues that I've got in my network, we treat small clients the same way we would treat Pepsi. Mm -hmm. Because it's the same. It's just yep. a question of size. So it, it really, really doesn't matter. You just got bigger, complex businesses, but their issues are the same. Yep. So can I quickly talk about your time working with those clients? So I assume you worked in a bit of a team of like multiple people who would work on those projects. So, uh, yeah, sort of pods of teams within teams. Mm -hmm. So what was your role in the team? Like what were the types of things that you would do for people specifically? So when I started out, I was a sort of a copywriter art director, which meant I, meant I wrote the copy, made the ideas, roughed out the basic visual ideas. And then there would be a graphic artist or an operator that would map them out into reality and you would check them over. And then as I got more experience and I went up in the ranks, so to speak, and became a creative director, then I had copyrighted art director teams underneath me in the hierarchy. Mm -hmm. So I would overview their creative. And if their creative wasn't up to scratch, then I would do the creative. Mm -hmm. And then they would render it up. Mm -hmm. The system's really good. It works really, really well. So you need one person at the interface between the client, that's the creative director usually, or the account, the suit person. Yep. And then you need the people who are really hands-on to do all the details. So, yeah, to be honest, the industry hasn't changed that much in that respect. Mm -hmm. So now you are, have started your own agency called Halu. How do you pronounce it? Hello. 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 Because when my wife is in a good mood yeah. and she's Hungarian, she says hello with the U at the back of her palate of the mouth. Yeah. And it's a very affectionate, happy sound, hello. Hello. Hello, yeah. digital. Yeah. So I thought, well, that's a nice greeting thing. And that's how all communication works. You know, you, you say hello or hi or servus or whatever you do, you know. Yeah. Like you and I do. We just, it's just human to human stuff. So. Yeah. And then so, I, couldn't, I couldn't get agency. Somebody bought it and just reserved the name. So I had to call it digital, which is pretty bloody obvious anyway. And somebody got hello.com because it's a social network. So, yeah. you know. I moved with reality. <laughs> yeah, built your business name around the available domains. I love yeah, it. That's it. You know, yeah, there are all these people out there who hold them. So yeah, that's all right. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, I when I started the Unicorn Factory, I think the two options that were up for grabs were Unicorn Garage and Unicorn Factory, and oh. Unicorn and Unicorn Factory was available as a domain, so <laughs> that made the cut. <laughs> yeah. This this is like working within parameters. You know, it's not bad, or else you can keep on generating names forever. For sure. And never Absolutely. settle on them. So sometimes when life just chucks limitations at you, work within the limitation, you know. So. For sure. Completely agree. But and uh, the one thing that I did realize afterwards, though, was unicornfactory.co.nz was available, but unicornfactory.com was taken. 
by a um, a film director in the United States. Yeah. So that's not happening. <laughs> but anyway. buy it from him or offer? It's a her. Um, her? And uh, you never know. Like um, maybe. Like. I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm a big believer of not like buying, paying like top dollar for domains. I agree. You know? Like, I'm kind of because I like um, there are just so many people who do that for a job. They buy a domain and then they like hold it and then pawn it off as soon as someone comes and wants to actually use it. So I have to see. You never know. Um, you never know how things develop. But my philosophy with it is kind of like. Nah, probably not by domains, eh? Yeah, but but um, this is um, this is like a little bit of a secret. But I think by the time this video comes out, the news will be out there. I have bought domains for other countries, so I've got unicornfactory.ca, which is Unicorn Factory Canada. Yeah, which I am going to be starting this year because I'm moving to Canada. Absolutely excellent. Oh, you're going to move? I am. Holy macaroni. In three weeks. Only for, oh, in three weeks. In three weeks. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So um, we're, we're packing up and we're going over there and I'm setting it up there and it's going to, yeah. So my goal is to basically do what I've done here over there as well. And you can do that. Absolutely. Actually, Canada is an interesting one because it's really creative and very technical. And there's a lot of internet-based startups and, you know, current operations that are running out of Canada. Some really good stuff comes out of Canada. Yep. I know you went to film school there. Way, way, way. They're really good with film as well. It's a really creative little resource pool area kind of. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I was doing a lot of research into, like, what's over there, but, like, Shopify's there and a whole bunch of other things that are really, like... Um, yeah, Great. like they've got a, an amazing tech hub. So I feel yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited to get over there. But <laughs> let's get back to talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> we just went off chatting about all that stuff. Um, but yeah, um, tell me about tell me about the story of Hello Digital and like how it all came about, and you know the story behind that. Because I remember us meeting when you were thinking about starting it. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Um, the reason it started is, I think, even way back in the early 90s, I'd had this, and I was working at Ogilvy and Mather in those days, and I thought, why don't I get all the creative people across the world? This was way before the bloody internet was really big. And it was called the Brain Trust. And I wanted to get all these creative people, like sort of in an organization that we could pull on when we put them on a project and they do amazing things. And I remember also in the late 80s and the early 90s, there was a, um, an ad, kind of ad, creative agency in London called Imagination. And it was in a square off Tottenham Court Road. And I remember looking at it, they lit it up at Christmas, looked awesome. And that was sort of a precursor to my ad agency days. I always really admired them. They did everything from industrial creative architecture to advertising campaigns. They were just like a creative brain trust so anyway when i was made this idea the brain trust and it lingered this ability to bring people who who've got lots of schools it's a bit like the unicorn factory in a way 
and bring them together to work on a project, then they're like birds. They just fly away again and they go to do their own lives. But when they see the food source, so to speak, they fly to it and they do the job and then they fly away again. So nobody has to be, there's no hierarchy. Everybody comes in and operates and does the, the work when they need to do it. And then they retreat back to their normal lives and they build their individual businesses. And then they all descend in like a flock. I just love the concept. Yeah. And for now, sure. COVID and all these sort of things, it's become even more real. Yeah. It's an amazing, and you get flying off to Canada and next year I will be in Budapest in Eastern Europe and doing this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, and I've got lots of creative colleagues there. They're everywhere, like you in Canada. Mm -hmm. So I think there's space in the world for two creative universes. And I love the person to person, the ability to meet you in a cafe. And I also love the ability that we can meet virtually. Yeah. Like this. We're still living entities and my family's here. My daughter's studying law in the other room. That's why I sit in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. so life continues, but we have these little, and that bubbles um, analogy is really good. We live in little bubbles and we, and we share our bubbles. Yep. Periodically. And Hello has bubbles all around the world who are all working with their own little bubbles. And when the time comes, we bring all those bubbles together. That's the idea. In reality, having it work really well is, is quite, um, getting clients big enough to pay for everybody is difficult. Mm -hmm. I'm finding that challenging right now. So I, I've started to veer off a little bit, but we can talk about that later or come mm -hmm. up early, do you? Yeah, oh, interesting. So I love the idea of that like the idea of having your own bubble because that is in a way exactly how the unicorn factory started before it was even a website uh, i would when job opportunities would come my way or would come up um i would work with people i knew were amazing at doing yeah. that particular work so yeah. there's one particular freelancer on the unicorn factory called chris who was that he's like the OG unicorn. We worked in the same co-working space together. And yeah. the starting place of it all was um, I would find some work or people would get in touch with me because they thought I was like someone who knew a lot about the tech space. And then um, Chris, who's like an amazing developer, would just do, he would do the work. And, you know, that's incredibly powerful when you think about the opportunities that you have if you invest in building those bubbles, you know? So what are the kind of things that you, what are the kind of things that you feel are important for people who might want to build their own like bubble? Like what are the kind of things that you, that you think are important? Well, I know that's what's been just over the last week or so. It's been puzzling in the back of my mind for the last year or so, but I think maybe it's with a lot of small, smaller businesses, maybe if they need the ability to be able to do these things themselves and not everybody will be able to do it well, but you can teach them the basics. Mm -hmm. It's like a blue, my speciality is basically strategy and creative. I mean, that's what I grew up with and that's what I got taught. It's a quite a structured, it is a very structured process. It's like a road. And if you don't follow that road and you, you will make a mess of it. And if you, don't, you, if you don't have a blueprint for your business or your communication, you're going to make a mess of it. It's going to be inconsistent. Mm -hmm. That's all. I, I, it's just, you know, I was also been a martial artist for most of my life. I don't know if I told you that. No. 
Yeah, I studied karate from the age of 16. So I think it's been 40 years now, mm -hmm. two times a week, 40 years. So I think nice. I'm an old fashioned one. It's not an MMA, it's called Kyoko Shin. It's a full contact kind of bare knuckle style. So it was really hard, but it had structure. And within structure, there's an enormous amount of freedom. So it's like creative strategy, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Once you work with a strategy or a blueprint, you define yourself. Yep. Without it, you become one of these abstract artists with no discipline or formal training. Mm -hmm. That you or me making all the sort of bleeping noises from the browser. I don't think it's me. It could be me. I'll um, wait on. I know what it is. Yeah, interesting. And so, um, I completely agree. So how do you, how have you found it when you've talked with businesses, you know, here in terms, because like, I think one of the things that we find a lot is that a lot of clients, smaller clients, sometimes even like slightly bigger clients tend to want to skip the strategy part of the work and get yeah. right into the actionable yeah. stuff. Do yeah. you feel like you've come across that a lot as well? Well, no, not completely. Um, the, yeah, there's a tendency, I think, with, it's funny, with small businesses, they're a bit gung-ho with their future. They want the marketing done, but they have a tendency also to go and choose the technicians yeah. before they know what they want to say. And even if they've got what they want to say, they're not sure it's changing. So I, for me, consistency of message is incredibly important. And yeah. talking to the right consumer is incredibly important. And you have to know how to assess those consumers and also position them into a place that they want to listen to you. Yep. Well, they're not going to listen, you know, if you're the wrong type, the wrong, wrong tone, the wrong manner. So I think it's like a foundation for exercise or a foundation for food. You need to collect your ingredients together and have at least the visualization of the recipe before you start to make your exercise plan, your diet plan, your food, your restaurant, your architecture, your house, where the sunlight is coming, where the wind will move, how the land will subside or it won't, how much shade is there, how much shadow, what the noise is from the street. These are all the same things for a campaign. Mm -hmm. Campaign or a communication from any business like the Unicorn Factory is, who are you talking to? Where's the wind coming from? Where's the shadow? How are your foundations? How many windows can people see in, do people see out? Is the air, do they sit far apart from each other? Do they sit close? What kind of people, what kind of hairstyles do they have? What mentality? What are their belief systems? I mean, all these things mm -hmm. are the mixture of a recipe or an office or a village or a city mm -hmm. or in a car production. Like look at Tesla, look at the vision that Musk has of a future. He has a picture. Mm -hmm. If you don't have your picture clear, it's an awful word picture, image. Mm -hmm. Like a movie of the future. If you don't have that clear, then of course you're going to go all over the place. Mm -hmm. this, this is my attitude anyway. So, and I used to say, and it's another martial arts thing, that when you're fighting, you need really clear goals. Mm -hmm. Or else it's a mess. You just end up responding. Somebody hits you, so you hit them back. Hits you, hit them back. You know what I mean? There's, there's no strategy. So you could aim for their weak spots. You could aim, you can see that they're sure to take advantage of your height. You can take advantage of your bulk, of your mass. Mm -hmm. The same thing with your business. It's the, the same. So there are these common metaphors, I think, mm -hmm. that you use to plan out the fundamentals 
and with those fundamentals, you use media. And all we've got, the only thing that's changed with the media is that we don't write television anymore. I used to write a lot of television and it mm -hmm. was fun. Yeah. But we don't have, we lost that sort of glamour side. So now you can do little YouTube -y things. You've got so many media, digital, from Instagram to Facebook to TikTok to the whole thing. Yep. You just need to know where your audience is. But that's media. That's not strategy. That's not brand story. That's not, that's not a good novel. A brand has a story. Mm -hmm. there Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, That's I completely agree. I, I, I completely hear what you're saying and I completely agree. Um, so who are the kind of clients that you work with? Like who is like the ideal client for you? Well, these days, I think my hippie self is coming out much more. So I really, <laughs> I like the sort of sustainable world and the green world and um, not in a passive kind of weak way. No, I don't mean dirt, dirty feet and sandals. I mean, I really like techy environmental issues, I guess, from organic milks to farming to big companies trying to do good things. They interest me. Plus, I like edgy, new, techy thinking. Mm -hmm. There are some companies I really admire and I'd love to get involved with them, but of course they're, they're a bit too big for Hello at the moment. But, you know, I don't know, there's Netflix, there's Tesla, there's Canva, which is an awesome online tool. These, yep. they, these are really, there's Hatch, you know, that stockbroking site. Yeah, I did some work for them. It's awesome. It's bloody awesome. Mm -hmm. So these are the innovators. I, I love the innovators. I think the innovators will change our world. Yeah. Yeah, they do do good work, for sure. Yeah. So other clients, I mean, I'm trained, and everybody I know, we can do anything from uh, a detergent company to a detergent bottle to a bar of soap. I remember we had Cussin's Soap. I think you probably don't even know it, but it had a little label on the bottom of it, and we did an entire television campaign about the label on the bottom. Uh-huh. How it never got soggy. <laughs> and it was incredibly successful. Because it was the only so it didn't get soggy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like really bloody brilliant. That was its USP. So <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I love finding those new angles and the story and the position of companies and you know what makes them tick and then doing the headlines and you know getting people to do the copy or I do the copy, positioning them in the world so that they got they have a narrative. Yeah. Or else you become like another corporate worker and they don't have a narrative because they don't allow themselves to. Everybody's got one. But big organizations won't let you have that. And that's well, not what you do with ideas. Ideas need to shine because when an idea shines, you can put it into different media and sooner or later will catch on fire. Yep. Yep. So what is your plan for your business? Um, yeah. Like what is your roadmap? or your picture that you're working towards. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's to bring, get clients in, and not to have too many clients, to be honest, um, three yeah. to five clients that I can personally service. And if they're big enough, then we bring in the international team, you know, like the mercenaries or the squad or the, the flock of birds to come in to do the projects and they fly out. Yep. And we manage their evolution into the universe 
can be anything from six months to five years or something until they're really stable. Yeah. Um, on the other side, I've been thinking maybe it's a good idea to somehow get a, um, a course or a workshop together in which people have the option to teach themselves strategy, mm -hmm. to teach themselves to be stand apart from their business and write their own narrative. Mm -hmm. And if I give them the paint by numbers strategy, the way it was given to me at Ogilvy and Mather, mm -hmm. literally was given to us. And in Sachi and Sachi, they also taught us. It was amazing. We were all in our late twenties, early thirties, and they took us aside for weeks and told us how to write ads. They're extraordinary companies, extraordinary. It was a really, really good experience. So I have all that and all the other millions that work with those agencies have got that as well. Some mm -hmm. of us specialized more in writing, more in art, became creative directors, became film directors, went on to something different, you know, so whatever. So I have thought about doing, constructing a course in which people can learn to do those old madmen style structure that's mm -hmm. all do it yourself you can learn to do it yourself and if you don't trust yourself doing it then you get somebody else to do it for you mm -hmm. but at least you can learn it and it's a nice paint by numbers kind of system goes for your tasks your objectives your position your benefits your your usps what you do your competitive analysis and stuff like that and then you have your coloring room which is like your your concept room and you've got to make ideas mm -hmm. You know, and then you've got to match all those ideas to your brand narrative. So under the brand narrative sounds so awful. Brand story. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Do you? Oh, that's good. No, because I, 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 like what I've found is like nowadays you see a lot more businesses who are entering the market who are starting out like newer businesses who probably um, know how important it is to, you know, do that, develop a great brand strategy and to kind of you know basically position yourself properly with that in mind i'm actually going to be releasing a video soon on how position yourself as a freelance on the unicorn factory because it's a it's the same thing there but um it's um but it's not super accessible you know like it's it's pretty hard to like justify spending like a few thousand dollars on getting someone in to develop a brand strategy when you're just in the very early days of starting your business yeah. so yeah. i'm personally i have spent quite a bit of money on like like educating myself to like you know learn specific tools learn different kind of things where at least it allows me to get the foundations right. And if you get the foundations right early on, you just start moving faster. So, I mean, the fact that you've got that background and where you've come from, the kind of organizations that you've worked with, that sounds pretty interesting to me and it sounds pretty good as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's funny because it's quite a fresh idea that's sort of been simmering away in the pot of my brain. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's in the background. And I thought, well, it's, not, it's, another, it's another approach. And it, I, because often you see these courses and they say, learn marketing, learn digital marketing. It's always only Facebook. Mm -hmm. Seriously, they don't talk brand story. And the other thing is, well, a lot of the time, anyway. The other thing is, if you did have that confidence and you just mapped it all out, you'd know what you were doing. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 
I want to jump into this final section of this chat that we're having and talk a bit about tips and tricks for anyone who kind of is thinking about getting into the advertising space. By the way, I just like love that you've come from like the like mad men type era of marketing. You know, like nowadays it's kind of like the generation of like growth hackers. But like when you like think about like, I don't know, I, I just I just find it so cool to have um, like that kind of background and that kind of like history in advertising. Because yeah. nowadays I feel like you just don't come across it a lot. And, then, and like to me, like that is, that is like the, that was like the true start of like nice proper advertising. So I, I just yeah. love hearing your story and your take on things, you know, because yeah. you're exactly right. Nowadays, it's all about how to learn Facebook ads and all that kind of stuff. But like that is just, yeah, it misses a lot of elements that I think you and like that Mad Men era of advertising just brings to the table. And Yeah, it really yeah. does. It's amazing. So, yeah. Anyway, just, just, yeah, so, sorry, you go. No, I was just thinking what the question was. So just, it's applying that everybody's, we're all the older generation now, but we're all still bright as hell. We always were, you know, we're just kind of older. And I'm going to like, and that's so odd. Our life is so short. It just disappears. Mm. Really, really disappears. So we, everybody is still, the reason that you don't hear about it, I think, is because a lot of people that I studied with became graphic designers. They went to and the people who are in agencies. They're doing their own thing like me now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, I had uh, one of my good friends was running Young and Rubicam in Budapest. They had 300 employees there yeah. and there are only 10 left. So, you know, there's huge redundancies going on all over the world. So that's... Um, yeah, the big advertising groups. And it's different now, in a way. But the yeah. same fundamentals are there. So, yeah, that's all right. It's good. So what are the kind of um, tips and tricks you have for anyone who's on the verge of graduating or currently works in a full-time job and might be interested in switching to freelance, maybe part-time, maybe full-time? What are the kind of actionable things you think yeah. someone should do straight off the bat if they want to get a head start in either advertising or just freelancing in general? I, I would keep the mother load. That's the, the feeder. That's the job and learn as much as you can. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly good. And consistency of income is a wonderful thing. Yep. It really, really is good. And do, what happens is you do little jobs on the side. Until you build your confidence, that's all. But don't jump off the, you know, the boat. Mm -hmm. You're ready to really jump off. And you need at least three, four clients that's going to pay about the same as what you were getting when you were um, employed. So yep. that's it, really. You, you extend your own network. But there's, in organizations that can afford it, there's fantastic training. Yep. And it's, it's really good. Yep. What kind of um, ideas or strategies do you have around building your network? Because that's something that I think you do particularly well. Oh, golly gosh. I've, I, it's just being open to people, really, and um, being person, personable, person-to-person-ish, yep. and never being aloof, and never thinking that you're better than anybody else. That's, it's ridiculous when you get to those sort of like arrogance kind of statuses in your mind. You, I, I think they're good to avoid. Mm -hmm. It's a person-to-person -person approach with everybody. If you can do that, 
and you can meet them as an equal, then you can talk to the, the leader of any company in the world. Yeah. Once you're doing, because you're engaging with people. Yeah. Always. And then you need your set of skills. And if you haven't got the skills, then you've got to bring in other people. Does that make any, does that sort of make sense? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think like one thing that I was particularly referring to is I see that you do like, you go to like a lot of networking events and because you've come to pretty much all of the things that we've put on for the Unicorn Factory. But I also know that you put like a lot of effort into networking because the way that we met was we went and caught up for an in-person coffee hatcher you know we had a coffee and we had a yeah, chat yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i think those were really important because yeah it is all these different things you either do them digitally and that is a bit remote or you need little zoom sessions or you know facebook messenger sessions or whatever media you use to get to know people and you just reach out and say hi yeah. i'd love to chat mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter where they come from so if you've got something to offer and you've got a positive attitude then that's that's what i think you do Fantastic. Well, Julian, how do we get in touch with you if we want to learn a bit more or have a coffee with you? No, <laughs> you just uh, go straight through to Julian at hellodigital.com. Yep. No, with a U. Yep. Okay. I'll link the website below. Okay, that's good. <coughs> or go to the LinkedIn profile. Yep. And that's all. And, you know, have a chat through that. That's, I'm very open to people there. Um, which I think I've actually found useful over the last couple of years, LinkedIn. I used to be a bit daunted by it, but because it's, it's full of people, you know, showing what they do, but it's actually really useful and it's changed somewhat. It's less corporate than it was. So yeah. it's, quite, it's a more fun place. And I think work should be fun. Nice. Um, that's it really. LinkedIn straight through the or Facebook page which I use too, which is quite, yeah. you sort of use it, you know, it's really sort of symbolism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't do one for Instagram because I don't think it's suitable particularly for Instagram. Um, yeah. It's a much more visual medium. That's it right now. And we're not going to go into TikTok. <laughs> I was about to link your TikTok account down below, but I suppose not. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I've been watching them and there's some, a lot of creativity going into 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, it's, really good. Yeah. Some really funny, good stuff. It's good. It's amazing how many creative people are on the planet. For sure. Yeah, I, I have not gone into TikTok at, all, but TikTok at all because I'm just kind of like trying to do a lot more social media detox. So yeah. adding a new platform to the mix is kind of a bit difficult. I actually don't even have like Instagram or Facebook or all that kind of stuff on my phone anymore, just because I was kind of like, I need to stay away from that. But I use it on my computer from time to time. No, I think that's a good, I think it's a good approach. And especially I think for people marketing themselves, they need to choose one or two mm. media. That's it. Don't try to do everything. For sure. All right, well, I'm gonna wrap it up here. Julian, I appreciate you. I appreciate the time that you've taken to have a chat to me. And um, yeah, thank you everyone for watching episode number nine of Talking to Unicorns. And we'll see you back for the next one. Bye. <laughs>